Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Parnell. The Next Level Leadership Podcast exists with you in mind. It exists to raise you to your next level of leadership. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of foundational conversations and the importance of having them. No matter where we are on our leadership journey, we have to recognize the importance of communication, specifically effective communication, and establishing a healthy line of it from the get-go and how it impacts the team as well. So stay tuned for this exciting episode. This is one that you do not want to miss. All right, we're back. We're back for another exciting episode of the Next Level Leadership Podcast. Of course, we're going to be talking, as I mentioned, about communication today. Communication is so pivotal in our leadership journey, whether we're leading those around us or whether we're being led by those around us. Communication is critical to everyone's success. So when there's a breakdown in communication, a void is created, and oftentimes negativity tends to fill that void. It's important that as leaders, we're trying to eliminate toxicity. We're trying to eliminate negativity. And so we want to focus on how we can be better communicators with those that we're leading. I heard a phrase recently that really stood out to me, and that is a philosopher takes something simple and makes it complex. A communicator takes something complex and makes it simple. Obviously, we want to be communicators in this regard. We want to make sure that we're able to reduce the complicated to the simple. There's a number of reasons why we want to make sure that we come across as effective communicators and and not just come across, but specifically that we are effective communicators. There's a lot of benefits to effective communication, productivity, engagement, retention. Retention is critical. It's, It's so costly these days to replace a team member. And so retention is is a big one. Efficiency, these are just a handful of benefits of effective communication. And so I'm going to dive right into five quick ways that we can communicate and connect in an effective manner. Beginning with number one, establishing an effective onboarding plan. It's so important that anytime we're bringing on a new team member that we're providing them two things that they crave and then they need more than anything, and that is clarity and direction. An effective onboarding process can provide clarity and direction for that new team member. Um, So obviously we don't want to throw someone in the fire. We want to make sure that we're providing them with the tools necessary for them to be successful in their role. So my first recommendation is to, to establish and have a foundational conversation with a new hire. So whether it be a brand new team member or even someone who's been with you for a while, it's never too late to have a, have what I'm calling a foundational conversation. And what I mean by this is you're going to meet with this person, meet with this individual one-on-one And you're going to let them know what communication looks like from you moving forward, what communication they can expect from you moving forward. And so specifically, there might be times where you're going to have to have difficult conversations with someone and letting that person know, look, the reason I'm having this conversation to begin with is because I genuinely care about you. When you think about it, if someone is providing clarity and direction and coaching and feedback to you, the moment they start being quiet is the moment I'd be concerned, right? If, if, I'm, if I'm regularly receiving coaching from somebody, if I'm meeting with someone who is leading me, the moment they stop communicating with me is really the moment where I, where I would be getting concerned. But as long as someone is having conversation with me, they might be sharing some difficult news that might be a, a tough pill for me to swallow. But the reality is they're coaching me because they care. They're coaching me because they care. And the reason we have one-on-ones, the reason we have meetings is because we care. I mean, we have been put in a very honorable and privileged position to lead someone, to develop them. And it is an honor to serve someone. And it's a privilege to help someone grow and develop in the areas that they want to and they need to in order to to ultimately thrive and succeed. And so when we sit down and have a foundational conversation with someone, as I mentioned, it might look a little difficult at times. Sometimes it's it's, it's not always going to be easy. 
It's never going to be perfect. Remember, perfection's unattainable. We're trying to strive for progress and not perfection, but it's always gonna be worth it. And I can assure you it's always gonna be worth it because you are putting in the time, you're putting in the work, the effort, and the intentionality that your team members deserve. So we're able to share strengths, opportunity areas. We're able to share information that is necessary for them to have the tools in order to succeed. Remember, we're coaching people. We're not coaching job titles. Someone's going to get hired before they're hired to do the roles and responsibilities and have the job title that they've been hired for. They came with a name. They came with a name, right? So let's focus on this person, serving this person before the position. We want to let them know what coaching looks like and what coaching doesn't look like. Sharing with someone what coaching truly is versus what coaching is not. I'll tell you what coaching is, is feedback. It's awareness. It's blind spots. We all have blind spots. We don't want to admit it, but we all have blind spots. And having a coach to help us see what we can't is critical to our success. And so it's feedback, awareness, and blind spots. What it's not is criticism, condemnation, and judgment. I'm not sharing information with you so I can criticize you. I can point a finger at you and tell you that you're not this, you're not that. I'm sharing information with you because I'd be doing you a disservice if I wasn't sharing that information. It's important to you, it's important to me that you know what blind spots are, and but also where your strengths are. And so I'm able to, show, to share with you what coaching truly looks like, what coaching should look like. Remember, everybody has a coach. Professional athletes have coaches. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player in the world, some of you may disagree, but I'm going to just say, I'm going to say it. He's the GOAT, right? The greatest basketball player in the world had a coach. He always had coaches. Mentors have coaches. Coaches have coaches. Everybody has a coach. It's up to us how we want to receive the coaching. Are we going to receive it as feedback? Are we going to receive it as someone who is who understands who we are, what we're trying to achieve, knows what we don't? Or are we going to receive it as rejection or criticism or condemnation or judgment? Correction is for your protection, not your rejection. I'll say that again. Correction is for your protection, not your rejection. The purpose is to unlock your team member's potential. And so to tap into unrecognized areas to maximize their growth, development, and overall performance. That truly is what coaching is all about. You're trying to maximize growth, development, and overall performance. You're unlocking something that they couldn't, and it's because they have blind spots. We all have blind spots, like I just shared. So Going back to the five ways to connect and communicate, number one, establish an effective onboarding plan. Have that foundational conversation. Part of the onboarding plan might be a schedule for them. You might provide a four-week schedule, a six-week, maybe an eight-week schedule. Here's what the next two months of your onboarding process looks like. Here's what the day-to-day could look like. Obviously, this is tentative. We want to make sure that we're we're moving at the pace in which is comfortable for you, but also stretching you in a way that you're still learning and growing and developing. We're trying to learn and grow and develop all at the same time. This is part of the onboarding process. The second way to connect and communicate effectively is to apply one of the principles from the seven habits of highly effective people. That's a book by Stephen Covey. Fantastic book if you haven't read it, but that is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. This requires a fair amount of listening. There's a difference between hearing someone and listening to someone. And by the way, this is another way that we can connect and communicate effectively with those that we're leading is to be a good listener. 
When we're hearing someone, we're simply waiting for them to stop talking so we can tell them what we wanna say. If we're listening to someone, we're receiving information, we're processing information, we're storing that information and we're utilizing it to best serve that person. We have to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And a way that we can do that is to simply be a good listener, be a better listener. The fourth point, the fourth way to connect and communicate effectively is go directly to the source when confronting a situation. I'm going to call this the no complaining rule. We're not going to complain about something without having a solution. And subsequently, we're always going to go to the person who we need to go to. We're not going to go to behind someone's back and talk about them. Take it directly to the source. Remember, if we're coaching someone, if we do it in an effective manner, they know that we're providing information and it's coming from a good place. I'm pointing to my heart right now. I know for the audience who's listening, I'm pointing to my heart. It's coming from a good place. So anytime we disagree with someone, we should be we should already understand it's coming from a good place. If I go and talk to this person about something that they've done to upset me, to frustrate me, to aggravate me, they know I'm I'm coming from a good place and 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 vice versa. They're coming from a good place as well. Cuz what we're doing, we've we've shifted a paradigm. We've let each other know that we can assume positive intent. This is the fifth and final way to communicate and connect effectively assume positive intent. When I say we're shifting a paradigm, we're able to really connect and develop together because we now know that everyone truly believes and understands that everyone's best interest is in mind. We can assume positive intent. So if someone has upset us or aggravated or frustrated us, I can make the assumption that it was a misunderstanding. It was a miscommunication. It was an accident. And I'm going to assume positive intent. And I need to, it'd be my responsibility and they're deserving of me to go and tell them, hey, this is how you affected me in a negative way, right? And so talk it out, be able to communicate effectively because you're going directly to the source. So it feels like that was probably jumbled together. I'm gonna run through them again, beginning with number one, establish an onboarding schedule or a plan. You're, You're able to provide clarity and direction when you do that. The second way to connect and communicate effectively is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. The third point, the third way is to listen. Remember, listening as opposed to hearing. Fourth, go directly to the source when confronting a situation. And lastly, the fifth and final way to connect and communicate effectively, assume positive intent. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If we can do all five of these things, it provides clarity and direction, like I mentioned, but it also educates those around us of what coaching really is versus what coaching really isn't. So when we coach somebody, I'm highly, I'm a big believer in having one-on-one meetings on a regular basis. And I'm not talking about having so many meetings where this, this kind of this death by meeting approach. When I say a regular basis, meet with those who you are leading at their preference. So what I'm going to suggest is let's say you have 10 people who are directly reporting to you. You want to meet with them on a regular basis so that you can stay in alignment with the the mission at hand, but also because you wanna make sure that nothing is being lost in communication, nothing's being lost in translation. And so if I'm gonna go to my team member and team member A versus team member B, team member A might prefer that we meet every other week. Whereas team member B might say, hey Josh, you know, I'm thinking maybe once every six weeks is sufficient for me. My recommendation is to, to begin with their preference. If you as a leader determine we should probably be meeting more or less 
you can make that call as time goes on. But at the beginning, when you're establishing foundational conversations, when you're establishing a, a baseline on, in, in communication, put it on them. Ask your team team member to, to let you know how often would you like to meet. And then when you do meet with them, always be sure to share what you're identifying as strengths and opportunity areas. So you're, of course, connecting with them in a professional manner, but you're also trying to connect in a personal way. I mean, again, you want them to know that you care. And, and I'm saying that because you generally do. You're not trying to pull one over on anybody. You generally care. That's why you're meeting with them. That's why you're sharing information with them. Again, sometimes it may be difficult conversations that you're having, but you'd be doing them a disservice if you didn't share this with them. And so you're connecting with them on a professional and a personal level. There are six specific questions I always like to ask in my one-on-ones. And I'm going to share those those questions with you today. I'm going to share what I believe to be a good practice. I'm, I'm not going to call it a best practice, but this is the practice I'm using right now. And if you have better suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out. I always want to grow. I always want to develop. But what I do right now is I take a Google Doc, and this is a running document that we save our basically our, our meeting notes on. And so each time we meet, I can look back at previous meetings that we've had and look at commitments that were made, look at discussions that were had, look at answers to the questions I'm about to share with you, look at those answers and determine how can I best serve this person that I'm leading. So the six questions going one at a time is number one, what's one opportunity area that you're intentionally working on? So as we go through this one-on-one meeting, I'm sharing discussion points team members sharing discussion points. I always save these six questions for the end of the meeting. And I end with them one at a time, of course. Number one, what's one opportunity area that you're intentionally working on? The second question, what can you do between now and our next meeting to make an impact on that? The difference here is if you have one team member meeting every other week with you, you have one team member meeting every other month with you, then you're just going to plug those numbers in. Instead of saying between now and our next meeting, just say, what can you do in the next 14 days to make an impact on that if you're meeting every other week? What can you do in the next X amount of days to make an impact on that? The third question I like to ask is, how is your stress level? This is important. We want to make sure that we are providing a safe place for our team members. We want to make sure that they are doing well across the board. That means emotionally, mentally, spiritually. We want to make sure that wellness is a part of this process and part of the plan. The fourth question, how's your workload? Obviously, you want to make sure that you are not overwhelming or underwhelming someone on your team by providing them an inadequate amount of work to do, making sure that we're providing them the right amount of work based on their pace, based on what is necessary, based on the mission at hand. Let's make sure that the workload is achievable and attainable. The fifth question, how can I best serve you? This is one of those questions where it's just a good reminder that we are servant leaders. We are servant leaders. Positionally, the tier might look like you have someone uh, you know, at a top tier, and then you have the next tier of individuals who are directly reporting to that person. But if you can imagine flipping those tiers, flipping th- those names around, because the reality is, as a servant leader, we are serving those in our charge to grow and develop them, to take their skill sets, take them to another level. And that might be within your organization or outside of your organization. But the reality is, we have been honored and privileged and empowered to develop someone in our charge. And so my responsibility as a leader is to do everything I can to invest in them, to pour into them, to develop them into the best person, the best version that they can that they, that they can be. So the fifth question, how can I best serve you? And then lastly, is there anything I can be praying for? As leaders and specifically as spiritual leaders, I think, I think we've been empowered and trusted to 
do everything that we can to help those in our charge. And so being able to ask someone, how can I best, how can I pray for you? I believe in the power of prayer. And, and there's a question that unfortunately we can't ask at all organizations at Christian Brothers Automotive. As you all know, we've been, you know, this is, this is certainly a blessing to be a part of an organization where um, our mission is to further God's kingdom. And one of the ways that we can further God's kingdom is through the power of prayer. Those are six questions I like to ask. Again, running from top to bottom. Number one, what's one opportunity area you're intentionally working on? The second question, what can you do between now and our next meeting to make an impact on that? Number three, how's your stress level? Number four, how's your workload? Number five, how can I best serve you? And lastly, is there anything I can be praying for? Lastly, before we go, I wanna share with you the type of team member I try to identify when onboarding someone new, when hiring someone new, specifically before we, before we even onboard, when hiring someone new, look for your CIA members, your CIA members. That is coachable, intelligent, and attitude. If you can find someone who is coachable, someone who recognizes I do have blind spots, I'm willing to be coached, I'm willing to be put, I'm willing to be put under the scrutiny of others because you can see what I can't. Anyone who is coachable always has this mentality of being a lifelong learner, someone who knows that, they've, that they're never going to quote unquote show up or arrive, someone who knows that they have the ability to learn something new and to grow into someone new. And the next letter, I, intelligence, I'm not necessarily talking about book smarts, I'm talking about emotional intelligence. I'm talking about self-awareness, situational awareness, recognizing when to exercise some empathy, when to exercise joy, when to exercise how to behave, how to, how to handle situations that they're in. And then lastly, attitude. Your attitude is, I mean, my mom used to say attitude is everything. And, and quite honestly, the, the older I get, the more, the more I finally believe or the, for, the more I finally am, am, am listening. Maybe that, maybe that speaks to my own coachability, but attitude is everything. Zig Ziglar had a quote, your attitude, not your aptitude will determine your altitude. If you have anyone on your team who has a negative or toxic attitude, we all know that one bad apple can ruin a bunch. And it is it's so critical to the entire team's success that we have, we're surrounded by people with positive attitudes. I'm not saying that we have to be naive about certain situations. Obviously there's certain situations that we're not gonna like, that we're gonna go through then and, and not particularly care for. But the reality is we can choose to be positive no matter the circumstance. There are two things we can control every single day. It's our attitude and our effort. We can choose to be positive in negative situations and we can always provide maximum effort. Part of providing maximum effort is showing up for your team, is being intentional for your team, having these foundational conversations, being intentional about effective communication, asking questions during your one-on-ones. So when you're identifying who you're gonna have your next one-on-one with, if you haven't hired this person yet, look for your CIA member, coachable, intelligent, and attitude. Folks, appreciate your time today. Thanks again for tuning in to the Next Level Leadership Podcast. As we close for the day, I'd like to leave you with some encouraging words from Colossians chapter four, verse six. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Have a great day, everyone. Don't forget to smile today. Tell your loved ones how much they mean to you. I'm Josh Parnell, reminding you to keep leading God.